have with me on today the powerful, a couple of the powerful women of the Godly View, the Soul Sisters. Y'all always hear my voice, but tonight, on this morning, y'all going to get to hear some of their voices. So I'm going to let them go on ahead and do their thing. Let's go. Whoever wants to start it off, we'll start it off with Pastor Greer. Go on ahead. Hello, hello. This is Pastor Persephone Greer, recording artist, author, and wife of the Clifford William Greer II. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Godly View Podcast. All right, Andrea, let's hit it. This is the perfect pusher herself. I am coming to you guys loud and in color from the great state of Mississippi. I am a retired Army veteran. Yes, that's me. I also um, work in substance abuse and alcohol, and I am an intercessor. And I am coming to you as a part of Godly View. All right. And last, but certainly not least, we got, wait a minute, we got two other ones. We got Coach Janine Lamb. Come on, Coach. Well, hello, 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 family. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to your sister here, one of the lovely hosts of The Godly View, Janine, the coach. Um, I do business coaching, and I love joining my sisters, and so I'm glad to have you all tuning in. But just sit tight, because you have a show coming to you today. All right, and Jessica, let's hit it. Hello, everybody. This is Jessica, your uh, neighborhood therapist. Um, I am a mother, and I am also, as I said, a therapist. I'm glad to have you all, and I hope that um, today's message reaches you and you are able to get some gems from each recording. You guys, and as y'all know, I am Reverend James J. Splubber III, CEO of Reverend James C3 Ministries, and the executive producer of this wonderful show. We are missing one of our sisters on today. But uh, you will hear her voice on the show. So y'all sit tight, relax, and we pray that you all enjoy the show on today. God bless y'all. Peace. What is up? What is up? What is up, y'all? We are, it's another day, another time, and another week for the Godly aka Soul Sisters. So tonight, the way we're going to start it off tonight is for the second time, well, for the first time on the show, we are actually going to start it off with our theme song. And then uh, after the theme song is played, the next phrases you will see will be none of the then our beautiful sisters. So let's go get it. Yeah, we got everybody here. 
Awesome, awesome. We all here. Hey, y'all. Hey, everybody. Hello. Good evening. Hey, y'all. Daisy, I, I meant to tell you happy birthday. I apologize. You know, I ain't been on Facebook. But happy birthday, girl. Awesome, <laughs> Thank you so much. Awesome. Yes, yes, so yes, excited yes. to be here with you, lovely ladies. We are getting this year started off right with our anniversary on last week, on the week um, that we just came out of. And now we're coming into our first real show. Are you ladies excited like I am? I'm excited. <laughs> Um, and Jet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Pastor G. What'd you say? I said, and Pastor G, ladies and gent. Oh, I, oh yes, yes, yes. But I want to <laughs> my ladies first. Um, we want to introduce our host. Uh, so I'm talking to my godly view, my lovely co-host. Um, and then we're going to introduce our lady and gent, our guest. For the evening, I didn't even know he put you guys already in here. He didn't put everybody in here. So let's get started, and we're going to introduce um, all of our co-hosts. Let's start off with you, Coach Lamb, and then we'll go with Daisy, and then Pastor Greer, and then Jessica. Well, hey, 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 everybody, hey, family, those who are tuning in with us on tonight, and our lovely guests, and we are excited, like Andrea said, to be here on today. Um, Y'all, I just I just love this show. I love this show where God has been birthing um, through us ladies on the show. But I am Janine, um, the coach. I am um, just one of the lovely sisters that God has blessed with the opportunity to be on this platform. And so I'm excited about the conversations and about the discussions that God has allowed us to take part in. And um, I'm ready. I'm ready to get this show on the road on tonight. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Daisy. I am excited to be with you ladies. I look forward to my Saturdays with you all. And it's a pleasure to see you gentlemen and our guest. And today's topic, I'm I'm really, if I'm a little quiet today on today's topic, this is a topic I'm going to be soaking in. So yeah, but I'm excited to be here. All right, all right, all right. Greetings to you all. This is Pastor Stephanie Greer here. Um, as always, it is a joy to join my sisters and to have our wonderful guests here. Um, as Daisy said, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of listening to and just taking in because the subject is going to be very fruitful. So y'all stay tuned because it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you. Glad to be here with me and my sisters. Um, I'm ready to get into this topic today. We usually have a lot of fun and a lot of um, great things happen when we have guests on the show. So I'm glad to see and I'm happy to see what happens today. Yes, 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 yes. And I am Andrea Lynette Perry. I will be somewhat facilitating um, I, me and Coach Lynn. We're going to be tickling back and forth and we're going to toggle back and forth. Um, one of my favorite guests of any show which is Pastor Gregory Devine. I am so happy to have him here. I'm going to let him in himself. Well, I am Pastor Gregory Devine out of Durham, North Carolina, and I do um, pastor a church in Oxford, North Carolina, uh, New Grassy Creek Baptist Church, and I've been pastoring there now for uh, three years. I've worked in the capacity in my ministerial career as a youth pastor, young adult pastor, singles pastor, um, and now I am a head pastor of the church, and I do not take it lightly. So I look forward to sharing with you ladies and gentlemen who are watching. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now we have the pleasure of, last but definitely not least, one of um, a well-renowned guest. I, I like to call her. Uh, when James spoke of you, he spoke highly. Even Janine, they both spoke highly of you. Would you love to introduce yourself, Miss Jennifer? Absolutely. I'm so delighted to be a guest with you uh, lovely ladies on Godly View this evening. Thank you so much for having me. I am Minister Jennifer Wendy Brown. And yes, I go by my full government name. And I, um, I'm i delighted to be a servant of the Lord. Um, and I know that sounds real churchy, right? I'm not trying to be real churchy tonight. But, <laughs> but I am truly a servant, right? And so, um, I, you know, I've worked alongside Pastor G on a number of occasions for many, many, many years in this uh, single circle. And uh, one of the things that he can tell you is I'm a leader, but first I'm a servant. So yep. I'm, I'm de delighted to, to, to have that title. You know, of all the titles that we could have in the body of Christ, servant is at for me, number one. Um, but I get to serve singles in, in my capacity. You know, I started off as a singles ministry leader in my previous church and then opened Single and Sold Out in 2017 um, and have been serving in the Triangle area of North Carolina for several years with in-person events, live events, um, teachings, um, online coaching sessions and things of that nature. But my focus for singles has never been uh, the opportunity to get hooked up. It's always been the opportunity to get healed. So that is where I stick my fork in and that's where I stay. That's where I draw the line in the sand. Um, I also have the pleasure of leading a ministry called um, Together We Stand, um, united we stand together, we pray, and we literally just go in cities and pray in the middle of the city, outside. And so uh, God has also called me to be an intercessor, and in that role, I, I uh, stand there. So welcome, and thank you so much, ladies, for welcoming me to the show. I'm excited to be here. I love it. He, he welcoming us. Come on. Come listen, on. I'll, listen, have you all about to shout. <laughs> Exactly. I, I love churchy. I don't know why people say I don't want to be churchy. I love being churchy. That's <laughs> why. Yes, Lord. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And having yeah. a servant's heart um, is something that I value. And I know yeah. just each and every one of um, our, my co-hosts on here, we all value that. That is so amazing. And I knew there was a glow about you. I'm like, come on, intercessor. That's my sister. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's dive in, y'all. We always start off with a hot topic um, and we want to kind of introduce um, our guests. We, you know, kind of go into that and then we go into what's trending in today's news. So I really wanted to hear Pastor Gregory Devine's um, thought on this topic of the, I like to call it spit gate. So we know that here in the news, we have heard um, a well-known pastor Pastor uh, Michael Todd, he mm -hmm. um, did like a little illustrative sermon mm -hmm. and he used his brother as um, one of his props, I would like to call it. Mm -hmm. And he literally um, spit in his hand and wiped it on his brother. Um, and he was trying to give an example from um, the story in the Bible where Jesus did it. 
And something my sister was telling me after this, if you read the scripture, it says Jesus took him away privately and he did this. And then he told him not to go back to the village where he came from. Wow. And I don't know if anybody else have read that part, that portion and that um and that um in that in the in the Bible. Uh but Pastor Gregory, I'm gonna hand it off to you first because I was like, okay, I gotta hear what Pastor Gregory gonna say. <laughs> yeah, they were absolutely right. Uh and what they said in regard to it was done in private. And I think it was done in private for a reason. You know, the text says that they brought a man to Jesus and you know, once they brought him to him, Jesus actually touched that man three different times. And within that text, you would, we're taught that when Jesus touches somebody, there's an immediate change. But the reality is sometimes there is not. Sometimes things are a process. So what Christ is trying to do is actually demonstrate that some things are not immediate in your life. So don't become impatient because you've been praying something. And now what you've been praying has not come to pass yet because Jesus touched the man the first time and grabs him from his friends. The second time he touches the man, the man, the man says, I, I can see a little bit, but I see men like trees walking around. Well, that was an example of Jesus trying to give the man a revelation. And, 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 and reality is this was not a miracle of first sight. Because if the man, if the blind man knew what a man looks like or what a tree looks like, he wasn't born blind. So again, Christ is trying to help us understand that he has the ability to sometimes restore things in your life. I'll give you back to let you lost. The third time he touches the man with the spit, now he can see. But now to get to Michael Todd, Michael Todd's sermon was wonderful. I can agree. His illustration was horrible because there's some things that only Christ can do. And if you're not Jesus, that's not for you to do. Jesus used spit for a reason to demonstrate that I know you've been through the worst and to help us realize sometimes we go through the worst. Sometimes we're spat on by life or physically by people. But let me take the broken pieces of your life and show you that bakers bake cakes and they put all these different eggs and vanilla extract and flour and sugar, and it looks messy. But what happens is the baker has already preset an oven to 350, which helps us understand that there are some things in life that you have to go through to be what God would have for you to be. And while you're in a hot situation now, you don't realize God already preset this thing for you to go through. And if you try to avoid it, you won't be able to get through this thing and you won't be able to see the other side of through. And sometimes for human beings, we don't want to go through the hot stuff. But, it, but even the Bible says that I prepare a table, what? Before you. Before it could be in a, a, a location or it could be time. No matter what it is. You have to go through certain things and trust that God will put it right in front of you or before you arrive, it's already there. Now, in Michael Todd's illustration, he was so set on trying to be gross and, 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 and graphic with how spit is that he missed 
getting through that message of God can take the ugly parts of your life and make those things a beautiful blessing. It was missed because he focused on hocking up spittle. He focused on how gross that was, not realizing that unless there's a change after what you're trying to do, everything you're doing is lost. If Christ had touched that man's eye with spit and nothing happened, then we wouldn't be talking about it now because something has to happen to bring forth a meaning. Michael Todd missed the mark, but we can't criticize or, or, or demean him, rather. He's young. He's 35 years old. He's young. All pastors, self-included, make mistakes. And, you know, and, and, and from the pulpit sometimes. Sometimes you might say something you shouldn't have said or take something out of context or say the Bible says or the Bible don't say that. Like the Bible don't say a, a family that pray together stay together, but we say it does. But finally, the scripture doesn't say that. So sometimes we're all guilty of, of being wrong. But I commend him in here. I'm not wrong. Michael Todd apologized. He did. That's what a man does. You realize your mistake. You say, you know what? <laughs> I did that. <laughs> My bad. I distracted you all from the meaning of the message. He did that. So I said, hey. Forgive him and move on. Yeah, well, I, I would like to. I would like to throw go, a twist in there. Coach, go ahead. <laughs> I would just like to throw, and I know Jennifer and even the other ladies. I know y'all going to kind of chime in as well, because um, I heard a lot of people talking about it. Sadly, of course, we know that we've all seen the, all the dragging taking place, right? But. Um, what I'm curious to know, and because obviously, even with this show, we always try to come from the godly perspective, right, of what God views the situation as. But in light of him and his role and just him flowing and doing what he do, like, where where should the fine line go when it comes down to the accountability in a situation? Now, when I'm and I'm saying that from the standpoint of I've seen a lot of people say that, well, as the world, you know, what I'm saying we shouldn't be critical of him because you know they, they kind of defined it in a space like okay well he's a leader you know it's almost like the, sh the sheep trying to correct the pastor but even from the standpoint of as a leader in a ministry having accountability and him not probably having obviously somebody in his face to, to kind of you know give him that air like hey you know maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you shouldn't do that like just give the proper perspective what is the perspective of what that should look like because i think that's what we see lacking sometimes you know in this church world is there you know it's like where does the accountability come at with leadership and so you kind of get these blows but I don't know, what, 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 how should that look properly when it comes down to accountability? Like, are we wrong, the world that is, for calling him out on it? I think every leader has a leader. Mm -hmm. Every, every good, leader should have every, yeah, every good mm -hmm. leader should have a leader. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll, you know, they'll run every message by their leader. Like, every time, you know, okay, I'm, I'm getting ready to write a message, let me run it by my leader. But also, I believe that um, he has a staff as well. And I think in most churches um, to this at this size, because of all the visual demonstration and because of all of the presentation format, you do have to include everyone in and have like a roundtable discussion. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my thoughts. Um, if someone else knows more, you know, feel free to chime in. But um, I think in the, in the portion of the accountability piece is you probably need someone on either on your staff or um, that's in the room 
that you're able to hear. Because every leader doesn't hear every person. Some mm-hmm. leaders, you know, they have like that. This person has their ear and they're able to hear from them. Um, so you need someone in the room that's not a yes man or um, a yes, you know, yes, 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 yes. You need someone who is going to challenge you. You need someone who is going to say, hold on, that might be too far. So I think that's where the accountability um, to come in. And that should be the place where uh, for future things not to happen, because we, we have seen a lot of these visual demonstrations go awry. We've yeah. seen the, the preacher flying through the church and then he fell on somebody. We've seen the preacher fall when he was trying to jump over a pulpit. We've seen a lot um, in these past couple of years. So I think it all comes down to uh, not having, you know, too many yes people on your team and having someone who you're able to hear and challenge you. Yeah, that's true. I think, Jennifer, did you want to say something? I'm just laughing because that is exactly what I was thinking. Um, of course, to your point, every leader is should have a leader. It is an absolute must. And I say should because, unfortunately, that, that's not always what we see um, in the church. Um, but it, it should be something that takes place. But, of course, you're not going to run your entire sermon past your mentor or your leader. Um, if you have any concern or question, you know, that would be a time where you could say to your mentor, hey, I was thinking about doing this. Like, what? how do you think this is going to settle? Um, so, you know, it would be amazing if all pastors had somebody that they could run by, you know, just little things that they kind of tugging in their spirit, you know, because sometimes you just got to have a gut intuition that says, yeah, something might not settle well with this. Uh, so I was laughing um, with regard to the fact that you spoke about having a team of people within the church. Um, and unfortunately, what we see in the church often is the pastor has nothing but a group of yes men. People that will not challenge him or her, people that will not say, you know what, Pastor, that that that's, that I, I, I see where you're going with that. But from this perspective, let's look at it this way. Um, unfortunately, the pastor oftentimes would like to have everyone that thinks just like them or maybe that doesn't think at all. Um, so if I've got a bunch of people that don't think, then whatever I say goes. Um, so yeah, so then you'll have him come and say, We're, you know, yeah, I'm going to spit in my hand and I'm going to put it on my brother's face. And everybody just goes, oh, okay, pastor, that's a good idea. <laughs> and without really thinking, you need people that think differently than you when you are a leader. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say is that um, one of the things that we have to be so careful of in the church is doing things for likes, doing things for followers, doing things that really bring us uh, growth, um, i.e. financial growth, people growth, because when people, when we grow with people, we grow with money, right? And I'm not saying at all that this is what Todd's um, idea was, Michael Todd's idea was. I'm not saying that that's what his heart is or that his motivation is. I can't speak for that. I do enjoy his sermons and I catch, you know, bits and pieces of them. And I even sh- have shared some things that he said. Um, so, I, you know, I, I respect the man of God. But one of the things that we have to be careful with the church is, you know, sometimes we put the church like, a superstar. You know what I mean? And it's like, we need to get all these likes and we need to have these platforms and we need to have, you know, and so we're no different than than what's happening in media with, with you know, the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's of the world, because we're doing everything just like they do to get what they get. 
Just my thought. You know, the pastor's in the pastor's heart too, him or her. You know, right. because while while I don't agree, as I already said with the illustration, you know, there may be times where a, a pastor may go off foot, like this is impromptu. They do something in the moment because they thought in their head that this would come across a certain way. I can understand why he may have thought initially giving that graphic of an example may have brought a point home. But I think what he missed is that you don't want to gross people out and what you're doing. And at the end of the day, you know, to Mr. Jan's point also, we don't need a gimmick. Just preach the word. You know, just preach the word. One of my favorite pastors is Howard John Wesley because he preaches the word. There's no gimmick. He preaches the word. And we strayed so far from that because we believe that we have to entertain and not enlighten. Oh, answer. And, and the problem for when you do that is you, you, there is no separation between the church and the world. Uh, you, you're not coming to a concert. You, you're coming to worship. I, I'm not coming to see the praise team come out in a puff of smoke. Yeah. I'm coming to hear the word in song and to hear the preach word. Let's pray and let's go home. I'm not coming, but I'm not coming to think that I'm going to see what Jay-Z gives me. No, I would have gone to see him. Yeah. I want to see God. And we have missed that sometime in worship now, is that we are giving people stuff that feeds their that, that feeds their uh, their flesh, but not their intellect. Yeah. And, and sometimes we're guilty that we can be so we want to preach a rhema word or, or be so deep that we have missed just get through to my brain just make this make sense for me and if you can do that because the goal is not to jump and jump the goal is to learn at the end of the day what have i learned from this that's right i want a distraction i want to learn and live that's right and i want to say something uh just to add a little closure to this topic because i do want to get to our next hot topics because we we got to um but to like i think a week prior to this incident um coach lamb put in the chat uh, a sermon from him mm -hmm. and somebody wrote in the comments you know sometimes we have hit our misses like sometimes we hit and that mm -hmm. sermon when i tell y'all it hit it was fire it was what we needed it was about vision it was really good and it was from pastor michael todd and we've had many more sermons that he's done that have really um even with the visual demonstrations that he's done i remember one when he poured water into um this big cup and he was showing how you know if we we put more of the wrong thing in and what would have begin to topple over and, and how our life can become um very confused and frustrated because we're putting in the wrong thing um, but there have been some great demonstrations and and I do believe that um, we as humans, <laughs> we hit sometimes and we be right on the mark and then sometimes we miss. Um, and I think that kind of takes us into our next hot topic um, about um, the couple that has recently divorced um, or I don't know if they're still going, they might be still going through the process. I, I don't know if they actually got the divorce yet but um pastor devon franklin and megan good 
And the reason why we wanted to um, bring this topic up is because the title of our show today is um, During the Wait and During the Seasons Where We Wait. And one of, um, the, one of the books that they came out with together was called The Wait. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is the church has kind of like the same thing with this. Um, they've, dra- they've dragged them as well because they're like, how can you talk about the weight and then get divorced? How can you, you know, be a be a, um, a image for marriage and then divorce? Um, anyone want to share any thoughts on this topic? Um, I have some some thoughts on that. Um, speaking as someone who was previously married, this I, my my husband is my uh, second husband. Um, just because a a couple divorces, that does not negate everything that they said about marriage. That's right. Um, I was a virgin when I married my first husband. I I fully intended to live a godly life, have yeah. a godly marriage. Just because the marriage did not work out, this the marriage didn't work out because we were two imperfect humans not knowing what we, what we were doing, okay? And that cannot overshadow the miracle of marriage. Yeah. Marriage yeah. is not just something that people should just take lightly. Marriage is is a divine representation of Christ's relationship with the church. Come on. Yeah. So that can never negate um, that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Now people can say, "Oh well, now oh because they broke up, I don't believe in marriage anymore." It's like, well, that's a personal problem. That ain't got nothing to do with them. That's on you, okay? Um, I saw a lot of coverage slanted towards Megan Good um, because yeah. I think the church never really accepted her as a pastor's mm-hmm. wife because well, some of the- because the appearance. For me personally, the appearance is that she never fully acclimated herself to the life of being a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she ever really wanted it. Because see, and this is the thing. Um, I had already fully intended to become a pastor before I even met my husband. And I asked him when we were in the talking stage or beginning of courting and, and you know, talking to each other. I asked him. I, I told him what, what the plans were, what the Lord had shown me. And I asked him, I said, well, how would you feel being married to a pastor, especially with me being a female pastor? I asked him how he would feel about that. And he told me that he was fine with it. As long as that was the call, that's, you know, he was going to support me on it. I was ordained 19 days before we got married. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like it was uh, Pastor Devon's, um, I'm sorry, was I want to make sure I'm not confusing names here. Pastor Devon. Is it, that's great. Okay. Um, I believe it was his responsibility to make sure that he chose a mate that was going to match his purpose, not mm-hmm. the other way around. I mm-hmm. think what he tried to do was say, I really love this woman. I believe that they really loved each other mm-hmm. uh, and still do. Um, I really love this woman. I just, I want to make this work. And I mm-hmm. made the same mistake mm-hmm. in my first marriage. Mm-hmm. I watered down and dumbed down my purpose to match the comfort of my former spouse. Mm -hmm. And that was something I did. That wasn't really something he required me to do. It was something that I did because I felt uncomfortable. So I think what he did was he made an error in in doing it in reverse. You pick a spouse that complements your purpose. You don't formulate your purpose to match who you want to be with. Mm -hmm. 
because you can learn to love someone. I don't believe in love being this, oh, this flowery thing. You're just floating around. No, love is a choice. I choose to love my husband and my husband chooses to love me. So this should be a teaching moment for ministry leaders. Pick a spouse based on, and and, and it's not just that, you know, God is going to just show you who your spouse is and be like, ooh, and the angels are going to be dancing around. No, you have a choice. Choose a spouse that complements your purpose. You have to know who you are and at least have a general idea of what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you wake up one day and you decide you want to live a certain kind of way and your spouse isn't with that, that's going to cause friction in the marriage. And if we believe what the word says, that our spouse comes before anything else. After God, our spouse comes first. So now you're battling your purpose with the person that you chose to marry. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I've been there before. Uh, zero out of five stars would not recommend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that that should be the narrative, not talking about her and how she dressed and, right. and, Oh, she, she did. She never did act like a pastor's wife and she never did. Mm-hmm. This. Okay. That's okay. Whatever. I believe the focus should be a teaching moment to, to teach not just ministry leaders, but Christians in general, right. choose a spouse based on your purpose. And then you won't have to battle. I don't have to fight with being a pastor and being Cliff's wife. I'm Cliff's wife first. Right. I'm a pastor second. I always say I'm I'm a wife first. I'm Mrs. Mm-hmm. Greer first. Read that sermon. And I am a pastor second. Because when my yes. husband I'm Persephone, I'm not Pastor Greer. So that's that's my take on it. Listen, listen. Y'all, she shut it down. She shut it down. That is everything. Listen, I was going, that's what I was about to say. I don't know if she's going to take the words out of my mouth, but I'm going to let her. Jennifer, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, um, I don't think nothing else needs to be said, but I do want to say one thing before we go into our, it's kind of like a transition because I want to hear from our guests and um, mm-hmm. I do value you guys' time. But one thing that I can say is that just because someone divorces, like she said, it doesn't take away the ministry that they produce and the lives that they saved or even the lives that say you know i do want to you know start to do the weight and to go like to just transition into this like next chapter of this um of this show i would like to ask our guests like when we started off um thinking about the weight and what what does that mean to you to wait what what does it mean um, how, how, how was it expressed to you? Um, how did you grow up and did you learn about it, um, in church or did you learn about it in your home? But those are those three questions. What is the weight? Where did you learn about it? And, um, how does, how does it make you feel to wait? We'll start I don't know with- if you can answer all those questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> it's loaded, huh? Loaded. <laughs> Take your time. Loaded, loaded. Okay, so I'll go ahead and start since I'm already like all up in the Kool-Aid. What did I learn about waiting when I was growing up? I I simply learned that you keep your legs closed and that the only thing that was out after midnight was bad girls, right? (laughs) There wasn't any, any concrete... Uh, techniques, any, any, anything that really gave you meat, 
if if you will. Nothing that really helped you to understand. I grew up as a, a, a girl in a church, saved and anointed and, and speaking in tongues at 14 years old. So all I knew is that we needed to live holy and we needed to live righteous and that you don't have sex before marriage. That was about the gist of it. Nothing to hang your hat on, nothing to give you any, 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 uh, any tools, no toolbox and no tools to make this thing happen. Right. So here I was a virgin all through high school and then first boyfriend, 19 years old, pregnant and married because that was the right thing to do. So um, so that answers your question about what I learned about waiting. Um, how did I feel about waiting? Well, because I didn't understand it, it just seemed unfair. It just seemed like God was just doggone unfair. And this just don't make no sense, right? And so that was my position on it. But what God has done with me is he has flipped my whole understanding of waiting. Um, God has been dealing with me with this wait word for, uh, I think I shared this with Coach Janae, uh, for years. As a matter of fact, I did my initial sermon call in the meanwhile. And it was an entire sermon on how to wait. My initial sermon. God has been dealing with me on this wait thing for so long. And so one of the main things that, and I'm actually writing a book called The Grace of Waiting. So y'all stay tuned. Um, if, 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 I, if, I do my th if I do my thing right and I do what God is telling me to do, it'll be out this year. But um, I said all that to say the main thing that God um, really brought out to me was whether or not I trusted his plan. Whether or not I trust, the wait was not about, you know, him being mean to me or him being wrong to me um, or him not loving me. It was about whether or not I really believed what the word said. Whether or not, you know, we, we can quote Jeremiah 29 11 all day long. We, we, we churchy folk, we love to quote, you know, those good scriptures that'll make you shout, right? Yeah. But the question is, do you really believe his plan? Because he says that he has a good future for us. He says that he knows what he has planned for us. The question is, do you believe what he knows? Right. The other question is, um, is God waiting on you or are you waiting on God? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> a lot of times we think we're waiting on God, but the truth is, is that God is trying to prepare us for what we've asked for. So if he had given us what we asked for, we weren't even, we wouldn't even be in a position to receive it because either we don't have the right mindset, either we're not in a place financially, or we're not in, a, we hadn't healed our soul wounds. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, we hadn't taken time to identify our purpose. So we're all willy-nilly all over the place, not even walking in our purpose. So the truth of the matter is that sometimes we think we're waiting on God. He's waiting on us. I'm going to stop there. I can go on and on. Ma'am. 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 <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. We got, we got to hear from you, Pastor. We got to hear from you after all of that. Yes. The reality for a lot of Christian singles, men and women, 
is that we are very good at being Christian, but we are bad at being human. Mm. And, and the problem is that we don't understand our human experience because we spend all of our time in church. We know all of these scriptures and they do have their place. But the reality is, if you know all of these scriptures, but you do not know how to apply them, then, mm. then what, what good are they to you? And the problem for us as human beings is sometimes we use church as a means to hide ourselves from the world mm. because we don't know how to operate in the world. Come you on. Know, the reality yeah. is, even with supernatural things, there's a divine and a natural. We got the divine part down pat. But do you know how to function among people who don't believe what you believe? Mm. So when it comes to the weight, we I know the book was primarily about leaving sex out of dating, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, we already know that. What do you do outside of that? What, what do you know how to communicate inside of a relationship? Come on now. Do you know what you really need? Do you know yourself? Do you know how to have functional friendships with the opposite sex? Mm. Do you know how to keep your attitude in check? Do you know how to live amongst people and be civilized? That is where we struggle when it concerns trying to find the right woman, trying to find the right man. We get tripped up because we do not have the right information. We don't know how to think critically, especially this generation. So yeah. The Bible says that, that people perish for a lack of what? Knowledge. Mm-hmm. When people get divorced, it is not because they don't love each other. They do love each other. Mm-hmm. They sometimes did not have all the right information to be able to stay together. Sometimes they did not know what it meant when, when uh, for better or worse. What does that mean? Well, mm-hmm. what do I do when the worst shows up? Mm-hmm. I may have gone through the waiting process and left sex out of everything. Mm-hmm. Still got in this relationship and shut down when conflict arose. Shut down when I felt like it. Didn't know how to talk to this woman or talk to this man. So the reality is, do you have the information to be able to function in a relationship, in a marriage? Because the reality is, there's a lot of information that we have that is incorrect. Mm. They, they tell us that the divorce rate in America, 50%. No, it's not. Mm. They're only talking about first-time marriages. Mm. And they are not telling you that they are not including the larger states in these statistics. Mm. Break this thing down even more. They really give what to black women about black men? They want you to believe the worst because they want to tear down the emperor of the black family. So looking at that, all this misinformation that's saying that, you know what, there are more black men in jail than there are in college. That's never been true. Mm-hmm. What they don't tell you, they're talking about college-age men, 18 to 24-year-olds. They're comparing that to all the men that are incarcerated. Wow. That's never going to be a fast statistic. Mm-hmm. And we even have these relationship gurus who are taking this foolish information and they are adding that to the word of God. 
thus polluting the word of God because you're, you're taking truth, mixing truth with what's not true, and you're misleading people to believe what is not true. And that's what we have done a lot inside of the black family, in the black church, excuse me. Now, in regard to the weight, what I learned, and my mother's actually watching the show now, I had a well-rounded childhood. And my, my mother and father did not focus on one thing. So I would not think that this is worse than that, or that is worse than this. My parents taught me that the wages of sin is death. There's no big sin. There's no small sin. My parents helped me on it. My, my father taught me how to respect women, how to speak to a woman, how to treat a woman. My mother helped me understand that I'm going to validate all those points your father just made. Because I'm going to show you when you're with me, you better hold my door. You better help me off the curb when your father's not around. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that are tripping up young men now. Because we are raising a generation that we're giving all of these restrictions to women. But we are not holding men responsible for their actions. Because we are not teaching them the what Where's they the need to know. It, it, it does no good. I mean, I hear, I, I, I like Steve Harvey. I do, Uncle Steve. But I can only digest about 60%. Of what you're saying because number one all that you're saying is not biblical right and then number two you you're catering this message to women and that is doing nothing for the men they have to date now before we praise too soon women have a responsibility too is that you cannot come in this situation, in your waiting period, and already think the worst about everyone. Your bad experiences have to be just that, your bad experiences. And one thing that is very difficult for a lot of people, men and women, to do is to be accountable for the choices that you've made yesterday, to be accountable to your pain, to be responsible sometimes for some of the things that you have been through. Because sometimes we meet new men, we meet new women, and we and we cast our burdens, we cast our experiences on these people. And in the midst of you trying to wait on the Lord or wait on a good man or wait on a good woman, you don't realize that, number one, there are some women, God bless them, that you have never heard what a man sounds like. And when one begins to speak, it scares you. There are some women, some, some men, who have such a toxic relationship with their mother that this is why they don't know how to treat these women in this waiting situation. So you have all of these, these experiences, this men and women, that coming together and neither one of them has done this. And I'm going to end right here. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say to him, he's my rock. 
my fortress. In him, I'll put my trust. Psalm 91. But what does that mean? What that means is that my responsibility as a man or a woman is not to find each other. It is to find the secret place of the Most High God. Because if I'm trying to find that place and she's trying to find that place, when we meet, it'll be no question as to who introduced us. But instead of us going to the word of God, I didn't call Uncle Steve. I didn't, I didn't call Yaskins. I, I didn't call Flowers. And I like these gentlemen. Or, or I didn't call Pastor G. Don't call me if you ain't talked to God. Because if you have to talk to God, it does not matter what I say. We're going to people to get the answer. And God is saying, no, come to me. Therefore, when you get in a marriage, you won't be so quick to get out because you'll understand this. Marriage forgives the mistakes that life is unable to avoid. And when you understand that, that's the beginning of understanding what for better or worse looks like. Well, let the church say yes. Where is the organ when we need it? Can we get the organ? I'm going to need our guests to ease up because my chest, my chest, <laughs> Lord have mercy, God. Take on the audience. Audience, are y'all all right? Breathe in, breathe out. What's that? I, I got to say, I appreciate everything you just said. Well, both of y'all just said, but I got a lot from that. So I'm be digesting. Mm -hmm. But thank you for that because I, I, need, I needed to hear that. I just want to hop in real quick because I may not be on here till the very end. Y'all are feeding my spirit. Like, I don't even want to speak. I just want to, you you know, in that moment, you just want to soak it up. That's where I'm at right now. So I'm going to just hop off in a little bit and I'm going to take it in from the viewpoint. That's just what I want to do right now because this is good. This is right on time for me. So I appreciate y'all so much. Look, we love it. Time, I don't, I don't want pass it over to coach because we only have about 10 more minutes so we are not going to be on here long y'all give us a little more time i just want to let you guys know that we have two of the most amazing guests that we have ever had y'all y'all just y'all just so uh let, i'm gonna pass it over to coach janine and she's gonna come yes indeed yes indeed well um i know we are coming up to our our closing time frame like she said and so um maybe i'll just throw out this final question where, where each person can chime in as they like to kind of throw some closing thoughts on this whole topic and conversation you know we'll kind of wrap it up with this but in light of everything that everybody has said so far first of all i echo what my other sisters have said here this has been some amazing things that you all shared so many nuggets and I'm just wisdom. But one of the common threads that I've heard through what each person has shared is that, you know, there, there's more that just comes to the picture when you're considering your, your, your season of waiting, you know. But one of the questions that um, that I actually had had in mind was, you know, because as believers, when we hear about the topic of waiting, we oftentimes think about that space of, you know, waiting for sex or for sexual purposes. But I, I heard Jennifer share things when she was talking about healing. I've heard um, Pastor Devon um, Gregory's talk about things when it comes down to checking your attitude and just different things of that sort. So as believers, what are some other things that we ought to be focusing on? Because the topic is, you know, how to keep your focus in that season of waiting. So that guess what? Not only will that waiting season of the sexuality and the sexual side of things be a thing that you can stand through, but just overall in your walk with God, you'll be able to endure those seasons of waiting. And so 
what are some things that what are some other things that we can focus on to help us endure that waiting period? That's that you like. That that's a you you make a really good point. You make a great point. And one of the things that I thought about um, that I would have piggybacked on what I said earlier is that wait does not necessarily mean no. And sometimes we get angry at God because he told us to wait, but we translated it to God said no. It doesn't necessarily mean no. It just means not right now. Can somebody catch that? It just means not right now. Okay. So you asked what, uh, what are some things that we should be doing? You know, what I like to say is, are you yielded and sold out? Are you yielded and sold out? And so when I say that, what I'm talking about is oftentimes because, you know, I love what Pastor G said. He said that we're good at being Christians, not at being humans. Oftentimes as Christians, we have allowed Jesus to become our savior. Mm -hmm. Follow me now. A savior is somebody who saves somebody from something. So we allow Jesus to save us from our sins. But the question is, have you allowed Jesus to become your Lord? Because a Lord is somebody who is able to have full control over everything within that kingdom. The Lord of it has a, is able to make all decisions, and then you say okay. He, a Lord, is able to encompass all of what's going on in your life, and you say, "I trust you, Lord." So even if I have to get the not right now answer, I trust you, Lord. But we haven't graduated from our salvation to our lordship with Jesus. And if you want something to do in your single season, how about let's graduate? How about let's not stay at a place where all we look to Jesus for is a shout. All we look to Jesus for is to lay out on the floor in and have the white towel hanging on over you Monday morning. But then you go to your weekday. Oh, Lord, I'm not going to preach. OK, I'm going to stop. You go through your weekday and you don't have lordship with Jesus. So you're making all your own decisions. You're like, okay, I need a man. Okay, I need a woman. Okay, I'm ready for marriage. Oh, I'm 35. I need children. But you're not allowing him to be Lord to determine whether or not you are even in a place to be able to move into that. Oh, come on. Okay, I'm gonna shut up. Y'all go ahead. It's time is up. Time is up, but are you are you letting him be your Lord or is he just your savior? Oh my Lord. I want to run. That was good. But you know what? Everything you said was so spot on, um, you know, Mr. Jan, because you know you can't add to anything that you just said because it was it was perfect. It was perfect, but what I'll say, apart from that, is that men and women have to ask themselves this. Do you really know who you are? A am I really me, the me I'm supposed to be? Or have I just settled for what comes easy to me? And a lot of us are in that space of settling for what has come easy to us. And now God has put you in a space or a place where whatever you're waiting on, you don't know how to move, how to operate. You don't know what to do because you've never been here before. 
that's what's wrong with folks in this pandemic. Social distancing should have created some spiritual intimacy, but it didn't. We're trying to figure out why, what's going on, instead of realizing that you just need to continue to do what you've already been doing. It, the church building had to be taken away for us to realize that we are the church. The reality is, if we had done our due diligence to the Bible, we would realize Christ, God did not even want a temple. He wanted a tabernacle. The difference is a temple is something you build. We come to church, the temple. The tabernacle, tabernacle means to walk alongside with. He wanted the people of God to understand if you put me first and just tabernacle with me, meaning where you go, I go. You know, I, I will be with you. I will be your God. This is why you were able to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and your shoes and your clothes never wore out because I tabernacled with you. You understood God, not church, but God. And nowadays we, we are good at church, but we're bad at being the church. And the pandemic has exposed this. You know, even inside of the church when it concerns dating, relationships and marriages, marriage is the one thing in life that is supposed to be lifelong, but that is the least training about. You know, we 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 have to do it. You know, we want to come and talk about, you know, premarital sex or well, you know, communication is the key. No, it ain't comprehension is the key. And all you're getting, get what? Understanding. That's what the Bible said. And but see, we, again, it goes back to what? What are you allowing to feed your mind, feed your brain, feed your spirit? You know, I'm gonna go to the book of RB for a minute. You know, back in, I think it was 2000, it was one of my favorite singers. You know, her name was Tamia. She had a song saying, there's a stranger in my house. Took a while to figure out. There's no way you could be who you say you are. You got to be somebody else. Because he wouldn't touch me like that and treat me like you do. She went on to say, or could it be that the stranger is me? Have I changed so drastically and you remain the same? What sister was saying, the great R&B prophetess was saying, is that she was saying, I got my eyes so much on looking at what you're doing that I don't realize that the stranger ain't you. I'm a stranger to myself. And I've taken on your identity because I didn't know who I was. That's what she was saying. We don't realize, men and women, we come into things never asking ourselves, what did Pontilia say in the Shakespearean play? It's our own self. Be true. We can't be true to us because we don't know who we are. Come on, sir. You know how I know, I know who we are? Because we place these expectations on people they can't fulfill. I want you to be my peace. Jesus is Jehovah Shalom. Not her, not him. She can't be your peace. He can't be your peace. I need you to be at peace with yourself. If you're at peace with yourself, now you're at a level head to be able to deal with me because you're at peace with who you are. But see, we are expecting people 
to be God in our lives. We, we got women who are believing these fairy tale romances that this man going to breathe life into you. How? He ain't Christ. He can't restore you. That's not his job. That is God's job. But we're waiting for a man to do that. This man is waiting for her to be his peace. She can't. She's not Jehovah Shalom. She's not. She cannot be that to you. The reality is we have gotten so far out of doing our own self-work to manifest our self-worth that we don't realize we're out of touch with who we are and, and even with God. We're out of touch because we're not going to God. You run into the relationship guru. They smart. They are. What they saying makes sense, but at the end of the day, what has God said about it? Have you gone to the word of God? Have you given God a consultation? Have you gotten off of Facebook and put your face in the book? Listen, um, listen, listen, Linda. I'm about to throw my shoe. Listen, throw my phone too. They are on it. And let me bring those. Listen. Oh, my God. Jennifer and Pastor G, they listen. Listen, I know I'm saying listen a lot because y'all just <laughs> got, me a little, y'all got me a little speechless. <laughs> y'all spot on is going to try and tell you. Y'all are spot on it. And you know what I heard and what both of you two said? Listen, so you don't lose your focus while you wait. Make sure that you're make, doing your due diligence to make sure God is Lord over your life. You don't, don't worry and focus on, okay, what, how long am I going to have to wait before I can get to this? Make sure God's first. Make sure he's the Lord. He's going to give you the ability to wait. You know what Pastor G is saying? Hold on. While you're waiting, do you know who you are? Do you know what your purpose to do? These are the things we should be focusing on so that we can be able to endure the wait. You know, so listen. I look, oh, my. Let me let me, let me pass it on to my sister because I'm still. Sisters, any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? Because I know y'all got some stuff y'all can add on to what they just shared. All I want to say is the man of God said, where can I send the offering? I, I think I know Pastor G uh cash up i'll put it in the comment i don't i i'll ask for hers and we'll put hers in the comments too but i do want to say um thank you to our guests one thing that i believe um every time that we do any shows i do believe that they're spirit-led and god literally ministers to you know everyone who watches whether by replay or watching live and i think today he literally ministered to each of us individually um, on an individual le level, because there was something that I think wherever you are in your stage of weight, or even if you're in marriage and, you know, you want to make God Lord um, in your marriage, wherever you are in your life, I think you could have took some nuggets from what we was heard today. So, um, again, just thank you for our guests. And I see um, our producer is here. So we do not want to belabor the time. Man, God. keep going, keep going. Y'all good. Keep going. Jennifer, Seth, y'all have any closing thoughts? <laughs> want to tag on to what our, our guests shared closing up? Um, I the the thing that stuck out to me that when it comes to what we can do while we're waiting, and this was something that I didn't do enough of when I was single. So I'm saying this as a I wish I had done this more. Heal from your childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Because your childhood, the good parts, the bad parts, all of it affect the kind of adult that you become. And we are all a product of our environment, good, bad, and indifferent. 
I didn't focus enough on healing from my father's absence, being abused by my mother, being molested, being in foster care. I did not realize how much being a foster child would affect my ability to stay put when things get bad or to realize when things are bad, it's time to go. So either way, it's like you, you stay too long because you don't want to let it go because you're tired of letting go because you're tired of starting over or at the sign of trouble, you get scared, you get nervous. So definitely childhood trauma, childhood uh, mindsets, different things that we learn that we need to unlearn different ways that we were treated that affect how we operate in the world. Those that were not listened to or not valued as children grow up to be people pleasers. They grow up and they get in these toxic relationships and then they get bitter and then they ha they go through and they infect everybody else with their bitterness. So um, childhood trauma, childhood thought processes, all those things and therapy therapy why are you single go to therapy there's nothing wrong with therapy it doesn't make you crazy what's crazy is knowing that you need help and not mm -hmm. getting it so whether it be um spiritual counseling or secular counseling get help for those things that you know are contributing to failed relationships if you want to be better you have to do better that's good that's good Sister, listen, look at jennifer sitting back over looking all lovely y'all i know she's sitting back you got any thoughts sis or you probably like, look, they didn't, they, they didn't, they didn't close this up, huh? They didn't, they didn't get the benediction, huh? <laughs> Listen, what you don't want to do is get the preacher started for a number two. So, I'm gonna not. <laughs> Listen, listen. I'll be over here with a Baptist second part two. Listen, listen I understand that. I understand this was a blessing. That. Thank you for allowing uh, Pastor G, my buddy, and I to hang out with you all tonight. Well, let the people know where they can reach you all at if they wanted to connect. I know both of you all have things that you are doing that you are part of. Um, let them know how they can reach you, to, um, Sister Jennifer, Pastor Gregory, and Absolutely. how they can get connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Single and Sold Out has a Facebook page, so please do like the page. We also have a private group, so you can just look us up. It's Single, it's, um, single and Sold Out Singles is the private group where I offer a lot of insight um, within the private group. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me um, personally for opportunities to speak or teach workshops, it is info at jenniferwendybrown.com. Again, that's info at jenniferwendybrown.com. And just by way of announcement, um, we, uh, sister, you just talked about, pastor, you just talked about healing your trauma, healing your childhood traumas. I am teaching a four-week course right now called Heal, Recover, and win. Mm -hmm. um, we are week three into the four-week course, and I will repeat that course in March. So if that is something that you are still struggling with, you need, when I say need, you need to be a part of that course. It's just four weeks, but we dig straight on in to dealing with childhood traumas, as well as the spirit of rejection, how to overcome it. So yeah. Yeah, you might want to, might want to connect. Amen, amen. Love it, love it. And how can they contact you, um, Pastor Gregory? How can they connect with you? I am, uh, you know, Facebook Gregory Devon, Instagram at, uh, I'm sorry, Gregory underscore Devon, Twitter at Gregory Devon. Um, you know, I love to connect with you on any level. If you want to converse, 
have a group called the Sanctuary. We can have conversations about pretty much anything in there. You know, my my group is not limited to just Christians. Most of them are, but it's open group. So uh, you may hear a word or two every now and then. I have to get on people, but, you know, it's we enjoy conversation of uh, religion, of, uh, period. You know, uh, current events or anything, relationship, dating, politics. I would love to connect with any of you guys. Just um, stay encouraged is my final thought. Just stay encouraged whatever season of life that you're in and understand that uh, God sometimes will have you in a seasonal change that will not be here always, but you have to be patient and trust God. You know, a lot of Christians believe that God can, but don't trust that God will. So wherever you're at in your season of anything, life, relationship, anything, trust God, trust God. And before you consult people, Consult God and let God lead you into who to talk to, lead you into who to trust with certain information. Because if you do that and you stay in the secret place of the Most High God, then God will help you understand who is for you on any level and who is not for you. And just because you're not married, single woman, single man, don't let your relational status define who you are. You are a child of God, and marriage does not complete you. Christ does. Say that again. Marriage does not complete you. Christ does. Amen. <laughs> there you have it, there, brother James. You, you want, bro? You can go. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen. What can I say? What can I say? What can I say? See. One thing about my sisters, you get them on the show, they don't know how to act. This uh -huh. is only the first episode of season number four, and they already cutting up on here. Look, but to our guest, I thank God for you all being able to come on. There was no better way to kick off season number four and year number two of the show than to have such a powerful guest as we had on tonight. And I don't see how we're going to get grow, go higher, but I can only imagine that God is only going to take us higher from here for the rest of the season. Y'all stay tuned. Stay locked in. As you see on the bottom of the screen, scrolling down there at the bottom, you can text ZVSS to 325-399-3605. By texting that, what that does is that will put you automatically into a group chat with us to where you will be able to stay connected with us. You will get stay be able to stay connected on all the new podcasts that we have coming out, any new thing that we have coming out with the show, and you'll get first glimpse of the topic that we will be, be discussing on Saturday before anybody else gets to see it as well as if my sisters or myself have anything going on that we have separately, you will be able to get information about that as well. So as I always say, sometimes our disappointments are nothing more than God's appointments, meaning some things that we look at is bad. God is only turning it around for our good. Stay blessed, be blessed, and be a blessing to someone else. So to close it out for tonight, before we close it out, um, we do have both cast apps. And uh, first one, 
for our dear sister. That is, that cash app is JW, J Ministries. That's JWI. JWI, sorry. Cash sign JWI Ministries. JWI Ministries, you can cash up her there, as well as for our brother, you can cash up him at dollar sign Gregory Divine. You can cash up him there. So as I say all the time, stay blessed, be blessed, and be a blessing to someone else. So to close it out for tonight, we're going to close it out the same way that we opened up with the theme song. See y'all soon. Peace. Thank you for supporting Rev JHG3 Ministry. Whether it be PRL, Real Talk Monday, Godly View, or one of our many podcasts, your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to be a blessing to us, you can cash up dollar sign Rev JHG3 Ministry. If you would like to inquire about booking, you can email us at RevJHG3Ministry at gmail.com. We thank you and have a blessed day.